0: Hello everyone, I'm Izzy Walls, and welcome to Hot Stuff, where we discuss current hot topics that we think deserve your attention. From social issues to popular culture, we'll be keeping you up to date on relevant and unique Taiwan-related content every Tuesday. Today, I have a special guest with me, Yong. Some of you may know him from his popular YouTube channel that has amassed almost 40,000 subscribers. There's a wide range of videos all about learning Taiwanese and as someone who has struggled with trying to learn Taiwanese myself, I'm very happy to be able to be speaking to Ayong today and I also hope we can delve into the important history behind the language, so stay tuned. Welcome Ayong thanks for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: I'm I'm excited to kind of get into this topic. It's got very interesting history behind it, and also it's rare finding foreigners who speak Taiwanese as well as you do. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's uh, there's not too many. There's a few, but not too many.
0: Yeah. So, how did you get into learning Taiwanese in the first place?
1: Uh, yeah. So I I first came to Taiwan in '08, and I learned I learned Mandarin. I spent a few years learning Mandarin, and I was in Taipei at the time. And then uh, I moved to Kaohsiung or Guoyang in Taiwanese. And um, i noticed that a lot more people were speaking Taiwanese down there. Right. So I figured like, hey, I might as well learn. I like languages. Uh-huh. So I figured I'll, you know, I'll give it a go. And uh, I started looking around for resources for books, teachers, et cetera. And I couldn't find basically anything. There was almost no material for learning Taiwanese. And so I kind of took it on myself as like a challenge. Like, okay, I'm going to figure out how to do this. Uh, and the more I sort of got into it, the more I realized like, okay, they actually... Actually, need people to create stuff for this because there isn't anything. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I started up. Uh, I started doing some videos qu- quite a while ago already now, but uh, I did. A, I did a small series of like ten YouTube videos. And this is I don't know maybe maybe five years ago already or more, and uh, I, just a small series to start with. And I wasn't planning on doing it long term, but I got so much feedback over the next few years, just from those few videos, that uh, I decided to to do more.
0: Amazing. So, I think that's something that I've really struggled with. When I was, I took a term when I was studying Mandarin. I took a term um, at the school that I was studying at, and it was it was, this, it was a thing of like the resources. There's really they're few and far between, and so I did actually come across your videos, which were really useful. But it's it's a shame. I found that the way that it's taught as such is really not very simple. And is that because it's just such a hard language or do you think it's because it's a little far behind the process of like teaching it to other like foreigners, for example?
1: Yeah, there, there's a number of issues there. I think the main thing is that um, it just hasn't been standardized, like the, the teaching methodologies and stuff for, you know, they're different for each language, like how you want to teach it. And for Taiwanese, it really hasn't been researched and done properly. And there's, there's a, lot, a whole lot of reasons for that we can go into. Mm. But um, I, I do think in the future that, I mean, we, start, we see already just in the last few years, there's, there's more and more resources coming out, but it's very slow. It's a trickle. Sure. So it would be, you know, hopefully in the future there will be like, like, like today, if you want to learn Mandarin, there's a few go-to series of textbooks that you can get. Mm. There's plenty of online resources and that kind of stuff. And, and hopefully in the future, we'll have that for Taiwanese.
0: Yes, I hope so. I mm. hope so. So how long have you been learning it for now?
1: oh I, I don't even know if there's a way to like count maybe let's just say 10 years for okay round number's sake um
0: what's been your like biggest challenges in those 10 years
1: yeah the, the, I, it's, it's tough because there's uh you know on the just speaking the language side of things like the the details of the language itself some of them are pretty tough to mm. get used to um like for example the tones everybody struggles oh. with the tones And then on top of that it's just the uh, like we just mentioned the availability of resources but then once you do find resources it's very difficult to know a lot of times the reliability of those resources Mm -hmm. so you'll get a dictionary or you'll get a book or you'll find somebody and then you're learning all this information and it turns out that most of it was kind of incorrect or not (laughs) really you know not really the right way to do it it's you know on it's difficult on all sides
0: Mm, is it if a, a foreigner is learning Taiwanese as opposed to uh, someone who is Taiwanese learning Taiwanese? Are there different resources?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, there, there are a lot of... Um, so, sometimes people draw too close of a, a parallel between Mandarin and Taiwanese, but there obviously are parallels. Yes. So for someone who already speaks Mandarin, it's going to be a lot easier. There's different ways to do it. Mm. You can sort of base some of your Taiwanese learning off of your existing mandarin knowledge but not 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 as much as you might think Mm. but for yeah for for a foreigner like um what i really like is when you have some resources where they teach taiwanese as if it's just a language you know not related to mandarin so there are a few textbooks out there mostly older ones that teach taiwanese to english speakers without any pre-existing you know prerequisite of knowing any mandarin mm. so there's uh, there's definitely a different way to do that i think that way works a lot better for foreigners
0: sure so when you learned when you first learn a mandarin did you learn pinyin did uh, you learn Bopomo. B- yeah yeah
1: i mean i, I learned uh I, I started with the pinyin and then because uh, that's what was in the textbooks and then i think of it, i don't remember how long but at some point i realized that like i better know the the Bupama. Bupama just because. <laughs> Mainly for like typing and for using computers and okay. stuff, it's just a lot easier.
0: Do you think it's l- knowing Bopomo makes it easier to learn Taiwanese?
1: Uh, no, no, oh. I don't okay. think so. I mean, not, the um, the the sounds are quite different between the languages. Sure. So okay. There, are, even within Bopomo, uh, th- you can't actually represent all of the sounds in Taiwanese mm. using Bopomo. So, like, people have made. Uh, bopomo extensions of like new bopomo for Taiwanese but uh, Taiwanese people generally don't use those they just use uh, romanization
0: Mm. and what would you say the easiest part of like Taiwanese is there any 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 part that's uh, you know a little bit easier maybe in comparison to like I don't know Mandarin or even English
1: well I think the you know the the thing that it has going for it which Mandarin does to a degree as well is the sort of uh, fluidity of grammar Um, so it's you know, you don't, you don't need to learn a whole lot of declinations and conjugations and all that stuff, similar to Mandarin. So it's got that going for it. Uh, and then as a, you know, especially as a Westerner, somebody who uses the Latin alphabet extensively in their native language, uh, once you get a little bit into Taiwanese, you realize that actually the best content is, is always coming from Romanization. So it makes the, you know, picking up the reading and writing a, a, quite a bit easier than, you know, having to rely on Chinese characters okay yeah language.
0: and it is though Taiwanese is like first and foremost a spoken language
1: uh well uh, arguably all languages are first and foremost a spoken language I mean that's what you know if you if you talk to a linguist a linguist they'll tell you that you know a language is the spoken form and the, sure. the written form is always an addition
0: but for Taiwanese some people uh you know won't be able to read Taiwanese but they they speak it they can speak it in their everyday lives. Now, is there a sense of, you know, if you're coming from a way that you can't just speak it, you're learning it from this like Romanization. Can you ever get like truly to the language as like someone who's grown up and spoken it?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, I've I've been very fortunate to meet a lot of uh, people who are in the, let's say like uh, Taiwanese revitalization sort Mm -hmm. of movement that's been going, that's been bubbling for a number of decades really. and a lot of them have had the sort of experience they've, they've told me about, you know, where it's like they, they're a native speaker of Taiwanese, they prefer to speak Taiwanese, they learn Mandarin at school, and they've only used it at school, and maybe even today in their day-to-day life, they use Taiwanese almost all the time. And then once they uh, learn that, hey, Taiwanese actually has a, a writing system, and, you know, they, they spend the time to learn it, and they mm. s- pick up some books and stuff, and they feel like, wow, I can actually express myself now, okay. whereas they, they never felt able to really express themselves with Mandarin.
0: Oh, interesting. So do you think it is a language that does need to be able to have the element of being able to write it down?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, this is one of the so if, if you look at like uh, how languages go extinct and you look at the criteria for like what constitutes an endangered language, you know, or one that's in danger of disappearing, because it's, it's a generational thing, right? If it's only spoken, then, you know, maybe today we have grandparents speaking to younger generation, young kids. But if they don't speak Taiwanese to their kids, then it's gone. It just takes a few generations. And so one of the criteria that you know any um, language researcher would tell you is that you have to have a written language. It has to be very robust and widely used. Uh, otherwise, your language will go extinct.
0: So how do you, if you're, for example, my boyfriend, he speaks Taiwanese. But when I was learning it, I was like, can you help me with these books? And he was like, I do not understand what that says. Like, can, I, I can look at the characters and help you learn, but I do not understand this, like... Uh, Romanization of the language so how would he go about learning that is that just a a process that he has to sit down and learn it
1: yeah it's uh you know this is where a lot of people get stuck because they you know they feel like well I've went I went to school I did my 10 or 12 or 15 or whatever years in school I learned reading and writing (laughs) I don't want to do it again and you know they they need to if if they want to they're going to have to sort of accept like face the fact that they are currently illiterate And that they're starting from zero okay so it's uh you know i see this all the time with people who are just getting into it and they might be you know really really comfortable native taiwanese speakers yes but when they when they really want to start getting into the writing they're writing like baby sentences Uh to start you know and Uh and like words and they're like oh i wrote the word correctly i I can spell it (laughs) so you know it's it's you have to uh put yourself in the mindset of like okay this is a new thing i'm going to start from zero and learn it
0: Mm, and so if you know if someone's coming at that perspective of like okay like i want to learn how to write it down do you think that's with the wider goal of wanting to preserve the language or you know as like a tool of expression
1: no i I think it's absolutely it's both right Mm. because for um you know like i just mentioned if you don't have the written form it's not widely used the language will go extinct Mm. and there are a lot of um there are a lot of taiwanese people out there today who you know they do care at some level about seeing the language you know Be passed down and continuing to exist—that's part of it. But the other part of it, uh, and I think it's—it's ultimately sort of a more important part—is that you there are still lots of really truly native Taiwanese speakers here, like that you know they they grew up speaking Taiwanese at home, and Mm -hmm. they really only did. And this is even true for—I know people in their early twenties who this is true for, who they you know they use Mandarin at school, but still today you know at home with all their friends and family they only speak Taiwanese and you know for them it's, it's a matter of expression and you actually see a big difference on um because you know people are, are writing Taiwanese on social media more and more these days and you actually see a big difference between these two crowds so the people who are like truly native and they're using it for expression you can see and they do you know they post the kind of stuff on social media that we would post in English but okay. it's just in Taiwanese
0: and and you're saying in Taiwanese is that using characters or using uh romanization
1: there's a mix um like some people, people sort of uh, have a, a a preference or a bias one way or the other. My my sense, after being in this space for for a while, is that the the people who really pick it up and really get interested in it and really want to use it for self expression always go to romanization. Interesting. Because it's um, you know, Taiwanese is is not, it, it's not so tightly coupled to the like the etymology the Chinese etymologies that you can actually get the characters from easily Mm -hmm. so for a, a native Taiwanese speaker who really thinks through their daily life in Taiwanese they have lots of words and expressions and and just utterances that there's no clear character at all for and so they like in order to get that full expressiveness and that full range of expression they really just figure out sooner or later like okay i better just start using the romanization so i can actually write down what i'm saying
0: and do you have any like you were talking about how earlier there's really not that many materials available for learning taiwanese now if someone's wanting to get started on taiwanese and they don't know where to start where is a good point to start are there any like recommended tips and resources that you
1: have yeah so for so i would have to give one for uh, foreigners and one for taiwanese so for foreigners if you're getting started my advice is generally even if you already speak Mandarin, at least for the sake of learning Taiwanese, pretend that you don't. It's better if you start sort of from a clean slate. You will eventually, obviously, see the connections, and you know, be, and be able to use those to to help you learn. But at the beginning, you want to you want to take it as a new language because mm-hmm. it is. And um, the best like text resources that I know for that are the Mary Knoll series. Which so Mary Knoll is a Catholic organization in Taiwan. Um, they they wrote these. Uh, series of about four or five Taiwanese textbooks for obviously f- you know for mis- for the missionaries and so on but they're very good uh, quality wise and the content in them is very good it's a little bit um, you know there's you, you, the first word you might learn how to say is priest or whatever but it's uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't really matter you know the, the grammar is all there mm-hmm. um, and the, they have a very good range of vocabulary it's very local sounding so it's not it's not stilted it's not literary it's just very very down to earth. Uh, and the the textbooks themselves don't have any Chinese characters in it, which is great. So you can, uh, you'll actually start to get a, a sense of like, you know, we're native English speakers, we read English, we kind of feel the words as we're reading them. And you need to be able to do that with the romanization as well. So you can start to do that through mm-hmm. uh, the Mary Null series. They're, they are available, you can, if you look online, you might find them, but um, you can also just buy them from Mary Null. I think they're pretty cheap. They're in Daidyeong or Taichung. Um, so that's that's for... you know foreigners they also have a vietnamese version a korean they have a few different language versions so it's not only english as well oh cool and then for taiwanese people um there's going to be a few different resources depending on the the this current taiwanese ability of who's trying to learn so if it's somebody who already speaks taiwanese really what they're going to need to do is just learn the writing system and so the, there's a couple of resources for that. Um, I don't know exactly how to recommend them because you need to go to a specific URL <laughs> to get them. But no if,
0: worries, I can link it.
1: Okay, you can link it. Yeah, so, so there's a website called uh, daigi.info, which has a lot of stuff on there for geared basically for this audience, for native speakers mm-hmm. who need to learn the writing system. And there's a there's a PDF textbook that uh, the the author of that website has, which is about I think it's like forty or fifty pages, and it just covers all of the details of the writing, which is great for for Wow! Uh, and there's a, there's a few other ones as well. Um, for Taiwanese speakers who are not really that good native speakers and need uh you know need to actually get started learning Taiwanese, there's a few books uh, that I can recommend. We can link to those as well, I guess. <laughs>
0: And I'm also interested in the kind of geographical variations of Taiwanese. As far as I know, there's a difference between maybe the in the south and in the north of how you know certain phrases, certain um, accents, as such. Would you be able to like share some more insights into that?
1: Yeah. So there, there are a lot of accents. You know, like any language has a lot of accents. Mm. Um, English has I don't know a thousand accents or <laughs> something. And so there, there are many, many accents of Taiwanese. And they sort of, um, they're often misunderstood, they, they're often misunderstood as either, uh, you know, there's a north accent and a south accent, which is not really correct. Like, it's broadly speaking, you can kind of do that, but it doesn't doesn't really work when you get to an individual speaker. Uh, and then there's another sort of mischaracterization that like, okay, this, uh, this accent came from a particular city in China, and this accent came from a different particular city in China which also doesn't really work because they've been here for a long time. So, you know, the, they've all mixed already and they have their own uh, unique sort of local regional accents in Taiwan. Um, so sort of, it's it's sort of hard to paint with broad strokes and say what the accents are, but the sort of more typical ones that you would see are north, south, coastal, um, central, like Taityang has a sort of uh, accent of itself, uh, Gilan or Ilan has a, has an accent sort of unto it itself. Um, that yeah, it's a it's a little bit hard to to specify. And mm. e- even within let's say South, uh, there are some very notable distinctions, especially for learners between even let's say uh, Dailam, which is Tainan, and Goheng, which is Gaojiang. So there's even some distinctions there that if you're a learner, you'll say like, wait a minute, I thought this was a southern accent, but you said X, Y, Z. And the other guy said, you know, ABC, and I couldn't understand it. Um, so
0: it comes down to like specific like cities as well. It
1: comes down to specific cities. It's, uh, you know, I've often wondered, and this is sort of speculation on my part, <laughs> because my sense is that uh, Taiwanese has been, uh, you know, not really written, especially not in romanization at a very um, broad social level, right? It's been very limited. And so my, my, my suspicion is that sort of local groups or communities or even families sort of came up with their own way of saying a thing oh, okay. and sort of that transmitted down into the into the area.
0: Now, where would you say your kind of like pronunciation or accent falls as such? Have you ever had feedback on that? Yeah. <laughs> so the um, southern
1: uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely <laughs> Southern. It's, it's in, in, I would say it's almost in line with the geohyeong or uh, technically it would be like the geohyeong accent. So it's like gaohyeong and Pingdong sort of are combined okay. into one accent. Um, but my accent in particular is a little bit more literary because I've picked up most of my Taiwanese from reading. And I've, I have gotten a lot of feedback from people that, like, your accent is very good. Uh, it sounds like you're very smart when you speak Taiwanese. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's because I'm like re- I'm reading it. So, like, <laughs> I get the, you know, I get the sounds really accurately because I'm reading it. Right. So, I'm, okay. not, I'm not slurring my words and miss, dropping endings and stuff, right? Uh, because I'm not a native speaker. Native speakers do that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, okay. Right. And have you ever had any funny reactions from uh, Taiwanese people on there? Like, they really surprised that you speak, like, such good Taiwanese?
1: Oh yeah, I mean I get all all kinds of reactions.
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh every day.
1: Oh, uh, I mean <laughs> you know in my in my day to day life, like the people I speak with mostly know that I speak Chinese, right. so it's not 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 a big deal. It's, it would be you know the, when I'm out somewhere and sure. say something, then I get a get a funny look or a funny question or like <laughs> I I had one time. Uh, sometimes they're very very strange. Like uh, one time I went into a Seven Eleven and just ordered a coffee, which is like, "Jipoy jipoy right? Like a coffee, please or something. And the uh, the clerk behind the counter says like she looks at me like real seriously, studied <laughs> me for a second, she says, like, I don't speak English. I'm like, Okay, but I, I just ordered it from you in Taiwanese and the the guy the other clerk standing next to her, he looks over at her and says like in Taiwanese sir, he says like he ordered it in Taiwanese, like what are you talking about, English?
0: <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Oh you know, I've had experiences like that, but with mandarin.
1: Yeah. And like I know, you know, some some uh, foreign language speakers, they have a very thick accent. They might know the language well, but they can have a very thick accent. It can be hard to understand for somebody who's not used to that accent. Yeah. So I get that. But like, I, I also know that my accent is pretty good and my pronunciation is pretty clear. So like, I know I'm understandable because I can, <laughs> I've had so many conversations yeah. about it.
0: And what would you say you speak more uh, Mandarin or Taiwanese in your day-to-day life?
1: Uh, no, definitely, definitely, Taiwanese more than Mandarin, but probably mm-hmm. still English the most. I mean, I you know just for right. work and stuff, I have, okay. to, I have to do mostly English. But um, I I do try to minimize my like Mandarin usage.
0: Okay, we're coming to the end of uh, part one of our interview, so I wanted to ask you: Can you teach us any Taiwanese slang? that's not rude
1: <laughs> uh taiwanese slang that's not rude
0: <laughs> non-existent
1: yeah probably probably <laughs> not it's all pretty vulgar <laughs>
0: <laughs> what about what about sweet is that
1: oh sweet yeah. is that taiwanese yeah sweet is taiwanese yeah just means beautiful or right like, or like you know okay, oh, i've uh, had awesome that. yeah yeah, yeah. Say awesome sweet
0: Okay, so we have come to the end of part one of my interview with Ayong. I hope you enjoyed it. Just, you know, getting into some tips behind Taiwanese and some useful learning resources, as well as his own journey with Taiwanese, how he got to where he is. Now, I do find it impressive, regardless really, of if English is your native language or not. It is hard. The tones are really what gets me. Although um, preparing for this interview and things, I have felt inspired to get back into lying Taiwanese. I do hear it a lot around Taipei even, and I know everyone says that Oh, in, in, in the South you hear it a lot more, but you know, even in Taipei, like a lot of people speak it, and especially older generations, and it's just something I think that I would really like to be able to do. So we will see how that goes. I will keep you all updated. Yeah, and it's, it is actually interesting because I've had some people actually in the past say, oh yeah, you don't really hear much Taiwanese in Taipei, you know, and that is definitely true to some extent, but I guess it depends what kind of stuff you're doing in the day. Like if you're just hanging out with your study abroad, you know, English, American, European friends, you know, who are also taking Chinese classes, then yeah, you probably won't. But if you get out into, you know, actual like local life in Taiwan, um, you will hear it. So, you know, even knowing a few phrases or whatever, I think would be um, an amazing thing for anyone to do. If anyone has shared some similar challenges, let me know. And also check out Ayong's tips for resources. I've linked them all below in the interview description. So go and check them out. Let me know how you get on. And I will also take a look. So thanks everyone for listening. And I will see you all next week with part two. And part two is a very interesting and important lesson. We're going to be talking about the very complicated and sensitive history behind Taiwanese Um, in Taiwan. So definitely tune into that. Bye everyone. Thanks for listening.